I have been I have been a lot. I've been buying into Re- Reebok. I got a pair of pretty sweet Reeboks, and so Nike. Anyway, Nike's kind of like fallen by the wayside for me personally. But do you have a, you have a bunch of Nike, right? Yeah, I mean, do they give you any? Uh, they used to used to staff dress was like they'd give us a pair. We would get a pair of shoes every other quarter, so like twice a year. Oh, tight. Yes, but it had to be under a certain amount of money, like dollars amount. Um, Why don't they just but, say like uh, biannually instead of every other quarter? Because it would be it would be twice a year, not annually. But buy, doesn't biannually mean twice a year? Oh, I, I oh, thought you were saying like, like B-I. B- yeah, you are saying oh, B-I. Okay. I was thinking B-U-Y. Like, I'm going to go B- buy that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is a... It's early, guys. It's early. This is a... This isn't... I thought of a good name for this episode. This isn't a layover episode. It could be a layover episode, but it's more of a red-eye episode. <laughs> Yeah, it, that's how I feel right now. Because like I, we all have red eyes because it's earlier than it's early. when we usually record. And Eric, I feel like I feel like all of our voices might be lower, but mine's definitely a lot lower yeah. than it normally is. I feel like Eric sounds the same. Olivia and I like throw in the coffee back. This is my yeah. normal waking hour. This is prime time for me usually. So you you drink coffee, Eric? I drink tea. No tea. coffee for me. What's your what's your go to tea? Uh, green tea usually. Vietnamese green tea. So nice, nice. I like nice. green tea. I like yeah. it a lot. Um, yeah, I'm drinking. I showed Olivia earlier, but I'm drinking. Oh, Criterion uh, mug. Out of the Criterion mug that Big Olivia Criterion got me news. for Christmas. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Olivia. Public shout out to co-host. Uh, tell us your Criterion news, Eric. Memories of murder. Bong Joon Ho's. It looks my favorite tight. Bong Joon Ho film. Is really? coming out on Criterion on 420. Nice. Say the say the the joke you made on Twitter. Um. So a lot of people reference Bong Joon Ho's films as bong hits. So I don't think it's coincidence that a, one of his famous bong hits is coming out on 420. Dun I laughed really hard when I saw that on Twitter, Eric. Just so you, you guys uh for sure will need to watch that. It's when it comes out on Criterion Channel, it's a it's must watch. Okay. It came out the same year as Zodiac, and it's both both of the films are based, of course, on true serial killers. But uh maybe this we, one gets overlooked yeah. a lot. Maybe it's we can one. um maybe that can be one of the ones that we challenge each other to or or someone. Like uh, Olivia, it's been a while since since we talked um, over over Zoom. But Eric mm-hmm. and I at our meeting when we were talking about how to utilize our layover episodes, the challenge uh, aspect, and I'm sure you went and looked at the document. But I didn't. I suck. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, it's okay. That's why I'm basically you. pick a movie. You. Pick a movie that we wouldn't normally watch and challenge us to watch. Where we okay. talk about like. Okay, this is this is the kind of movie that I try to avoid because of personal preferences and like air out some of that stuff. Like I'm not even sure, I'm not even certain of a lot of my own movie habits, and I'm sure you guys subconsciously like avoid certain things and a hundred percent gravitate to certain things. And so have an episode on that, and then 
I'll be like, okay, Olivia, you like you have to watch this um so in the next it... month or two or three okay. or something and we'll put timelines and write down all the rules and all that stuff so that's the idea great i'm looking forward to that i hope but, our listeners are looking forward to that as well but for now let's uh board board the plane for our miami connection to wilcox field i looked up i no, i have been okay. to miami but i've never flown into miami <laughs> wait no i have Wait, uh, nope. I've flown. I've flown into Fort Worth, but I've driven into Miami. Miami is so much further than like mm-hmm. anywhere I usually go in Florida. I usually go to south of Daytona, and Miami's like twelve. I, it's between twelve and fifteen hours from there. So, have wow. y'all been to Miami? I've never no. been to Florida. Uh, never will probably. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so eric on flyover film show we uh, advocate for all flyover states even if they're florida <laughs> is florida a flyover state i would say so i feel like florida is a different part of the country hmm. or like yeah. a, a different country in itself i, well, like I actually now that yeah no i think y'all are right there are like way too many big cities there for it to be considered yeah and, and i think that most people go to like i mean how many people do we know who went on vacation or like just on during spring break went to florida true Everyone. no no you're y'all are right Except it was Eric. something i said in ignorance and i i reneged my comments i'm y'all are right yeah. there's some huge cities and it gets tw- 29 electoral college votes so yeah it's not <laughs> they're a, always in the news for like some crazy state. there's always somebody civilian doing something crazy making the news always yep Florida is, is it's special. Yeah. yeah. What did yeah. you guys think about um, just jumping into this episode? We we're covering One Night in Miami, and it is the directorial debut of Regina King. Big Star- screen. Big screen. Because she has big directed screen, some yeah. small screen stuff. Oh, yes. TV. Yes. Big screen. Yeah. Um, did she, question, did she direct any Watchmen? I don't think no. she did. Okay. She did not. Yeah. She. I know she directed an episode or two of This Is Us. Oh, and I didn't know that. yeah, yeah. Shameless I, was her other big one. Okay, um, yeah. I was like, I know she's done a couple of like big TV shows. Um. So, and she's done, I think, a few like uh made for TV movies as well. But this mm-hmm. is her like first feature film, which I'm assuming it was released in some theaters. I haven't, I haven't looked that up. Yeah. I think it was released both on Prime and in theaters, hmm. but I'm not positive. I want to say that was. Yeah, yeah the film, and... I, I looked it up. The film had its world premiere at the Venice Film Festival on September 7th. Oh, cool. It also screened at ter- the Toronto International Film Festival, where it got second place in the People's Choice Award, which is, I mean, that's pretty solid. And yeah. uh, they got its that theatrical release on Christmas, and then it came out on Prime on January 15th. And it's sitting at a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty, pretty good. I didn't, I don't, I, I try not to look at ratings and reviews and stuff until I've already watched the film. So I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's, that's solid. Um, yes. The, so Regina King's big screen di- directorial debut stars Kingsley Benadire as Malcolm X, Leslie Odom Jr. as Sam Cooke, Eli Gorey as Cassius Clay, and Aldous Hodge as Jim Brown. Um, 
all right, let's we're we're taking off. We're not the flight's half empty. Actually, no, the flight's full because it's the three of us and it's a flight for three on the way to Wilcox Field. What did you guys think about this? We're not diving in, we're taking off on we're this red off. eye flight. Yeah. I I liked it. I thought that uh I wasn't really sure what to expect for this film. Like I knew it was gonna be about these these clearly powerhouse people um but i wasn't really sure like how they were all connected ever i mean i knew i figured at some point that they, like i knew malcolm x and cassius clay aka muhammad ali were like knew each other but i didn't know to what extent that they knew each other and so uh so seeing how that they all knew each other and what their relationships were like was really interesting and um like i know this is a fictional fictionalized version of their their relationship but i i mean i really enjoyed it i thought it was it was a good movie what did you guys think i agree i i was i knew that this was based on a play uh by kemp powers who Mm -hmm. was the writer of soul i just i just realized that thank you for putting that together eric um Mm -hmm. and i'm always a little bit wary of movies based on plays because for for a couple reasons um one they're dialogue heavy which is which is fun i loved i love good dialogue um the the movies i will in this episode refer to and compare it to our fences and marini's black bottom um Mm -hmm. which came out on netflix last month um and this, out of the three of those uh, play adaptations, felt less the least like a play, which was a good thing for me. There were different locations. It felt like a movie and like a like a an actual adaptation instead of like, mm-hmm. hey, we have like two locations. There were a bunch in this movie, and it felt like a you know, it felt like uh with with the different introductions to sam cook and jim brown and malcolm x in different in different physical locations Mm -hmm. it felt like a movie and less like a play which i is a personal preference but i also think works in the movie's favor because it gives it a little bit more of a grand feel so what did what did you think eric yeah i was i was pleasantly surprised by it and i didn't I didn't really have any expectation for the movie. I didn't feel one way or the other about it. And uh, yeah, when I, when I finished the, finished the movie, I was like, wow, this was really good. I, I ended up liking it a lot. Um, like Isaac said, uh, the script was really good. I, I think the dialogue and the script and the screenplay, <clears throat> excuse me, were the best parts about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All the dialogue just felt so natural. Uh, the arguments, the back and forth, it, it was enlightening. Um, it was it was it was all well staged, I thought. And the writer Kemp Powers, I think he's going to be someone you definitely need to be on the lookout for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Soul and One Night Miami, that those are two two uh, big ones just to have back to back. So um, I can't yeah. wait to see what he does next. Yeah, absolutely, to- totally agree. I want to open the discussion to like I have I have a couple specific things in my mind, um, but I wanted to open it to you guys to start the conversation about a particular aspect of the movie or an actor or anything like that. Do you guys have um, like a starting point that we could jump off from? 
I thought the standout actor in this movie was Leslie Odom, who played Sam Cooke. I thought he was by far the best. Um, I mean, everyone was great, but mm-hmm. he, his role, the Sam Cooke character just stood out to me. And when I was doing research, it looked looked like he got a, a lot of nominations for like best supporting actor and a lot of uh, award in the award circuit. So it's pretty cool that uh, he got recognized for it, for his role and portrayal of Sam Cooke. Yeah. What do you guys I, think about the cast in general? I, I, I liked the cast. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Um, I thought the casting was, was really good. Um, I need to pull up IMDb so I can have all the actors names. Cause I know Leslie Odom jr. Just because. Cause I you've think, seen uh, Hamilton four times. Yeah. I've seen him. I've only <laughs> seen it once. Well, actually I've seen it twice. Um, but one was a bootleg version that I. Did you see it with? <laughs> you see that with uh, Bryce? Yeah, were you yeah. there? Yeah. Okay, I can't we're, remember if you were there. Was was was, a, on, was Tyler there too? I don't remember. If at Tyler our apartment. Was there. Yeah, it was at y'all's apartment. I think. Okay. Because yeah, I. Uh, I remember watching that and I fell asleep. I was like, this is so hard to focus on. And the dude would like get up and like cover the camera. Yeah, because <laughs> someone was coming in to, yeah. to make sure oh, no man. one was recording. And that's what he was doing. Anyway, uh, I do like this movie a lot more than Hamilton. Nice. Is that a controversial statement? I, mean, I Have we talked about Hamilton? Have I, I think told you and I have. Yeah, I, th- I, know I think I've... we texted about it, but I don't think we've talked about it on an episode. Real quick, because I I would like to talk about One Night in Miami, but I, so I guess it was when we were graduating, the three of us, like in 17, Hamilton was starting to become really big, and Bryce, one of our friends at UCA, had a bootleg copy, and so I watched that, and then I was like, this is pretty good, so I listened to the soundtrack, and then the wave, or tsunami, rather, just, just exploded uh, and crashed on the shore of uh, central Arkansas and everyone I knew was listening to it. So it's less of like, I do think it's very impressive. I think it's an achievement. I think it deserves uh, hype, but I'm just kind of tired of it. And it would play, it like plays in coffee shops here in Conway. And Are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. yeah no, it plays in like round mountain, depending on which breeze is there. So anyway, I, I think it's amazing, but <laughs> What movie would you guys have playing in the coffee shop if you owned a coffee shop? What Bro, movie? Honestly, after our Tenant episode, <laughs> the Interstellar soundtrack, yeah. which I've been listening to oh. a lot because of <laughs> I told you that was a good soundtrack. It's I a told great, you it's soundtrack. great soundtrack. Yeah. The yeah. organs and oh man, yeah, no, I I think it's amazing. Yep. Um, but yes, get, getting back, getting back away from that, I. Yeah would but my personal favorite performance of this movie was aldous hodge as jim yeah. brown um so the only i know i've seen him in some other stuff but the straight most, out of compton mc ren straight out of compton and mm-hmm. invisible man and invisible man i don't know why because i've only seen that movie once um he his i don't know if it was her his performance or maybe his maybe part of the screenplay but something about his character invisible man didn't sit right with me and i don't i don't know what it is i i thought he was good but i was like something about it's not right i don't know if it's like writing or dialogue or whatever but he is he is like a cool dude in this movie and i think that's like he just exudes 
coolness. And I think that's why he was a standout for me, but I would totally understand if Leslie Odom Jr. gets award recognition for for his performance in this movie because it's a little bit more nuanced and understated and he's doing singing which is incredibly yeah. impressive so yeah yeah I, th- I also thought i got to give out a shout out to kingsley benadir as malcolm x um he plays like the malcolm x you know conflicted and a version of malcolm x that we don't see a lot in in popular culture and i think i thought he pulled it off really well um yeah that was my personal p- favorite performance um Mostly because I wasn't really sure what to expect. I think um, that I also don't know that much about Malcolm X. I, I like I know how he has been taught to me, and I don't think that's been an accurate or fair um, teaching of who Malcolm X was or anything like that. Like I think in a lot of ways, Malcolm X was way before his time. Actually, no, he he was right on like right on time. America was just not ready for him. Um, But I think about how like so many people, especially I mean, if you think about it, it's MLK weekend right now as we're recording this. And, you know, a lot of people are like, don't take what MLK said out of context. And I think that a lot of people did that back then you know, in the sixties with Malcolm X. And I think that people would do that now as well. But um, yeah, I just like, you could see kind of the, the not torture, maybe torture, just kind of the internal conflict that he had in his performance. And, And I can't help but think about how that was probably a something that he like Malcolm X genuinely felt in, in real life. On the topic of Malcolm X. Um, if you want to learn more about him, there's a, his, his autobiography mm-hmm. is really good. Is the starting point. And there's an audio book and it's na- narrated by uh, Lawrence Fishburne. It's, it's really good. Ooh. Um, nice to check that out. And of course the Spike Lee movie, uh, that's based mm-hmm. on his autobiography. Um, that's but yeah. Ma- Malcolm yeah. X has always been one, one of the most popular, polarizing figures to me and mm-hmm. um, I really enjoyed the depiction of him in this movie the you know I think that this this movie grows to be even more impressive when I think about how like I'm I'm right now I'm reading an interview uh, that Regina King had with the Times and in their introduction they point out that um, and I didn't know this but they point out that they they say in the movie that um, Malcolm X died pretty soon after that. Um, in December, Sam Cooke was killed in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. And then in 67, uh, Muhammad Ali was facing prison for draft evasion. Um, and then Brown is the only one of the four who remains alive. Um, so you see in the ending is so powerful whenever I, I didn't know that, that Brown was the only one who was alive. I knew that Malcolm X was killed, but I didn't know that Sam kick was Sam cook was killed. Um, and that ending really calcifies obviously the Regina King's like showing Malcolm X, like hiding with his family with the, his autobiography draft and, um, and you realize like, oh, this is pretty close to the end for him. 
um, and all of those conversations that they're having at the hotel room are so much more potent when you when you realize that it was close to the end for two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, uh, I was going to say something else, but yeah, it's uh, really... Anyway, the, the it ending, gets heavy at the end. Really it gets good. heavy. Yeah. 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 Well, and it kind of starts off heavy when you see Jane, like they introduce uh, Jim Brown and he meets Bo Bridges' <laughs> character. And, yeah. and the whole time I'm like, wow, this is way more civil of a, a relationship than I thought it was. And then, and then it just hits you so hard. And it's like, uh, yeah, this is the 60s in Georgia and or just the 60s in america not even georgia just period and just kind of the look of defeat on his face or maybe not even defeat that may not be the right word but like for like anger and hurt um it was like oh okay so it kind of i think it kind of sets you up to think of like to keep keep at least I don't know the not even the general public, but just keep the the audience member like in in mind of like this is where we're going. This is what is happening. This is how it is. Just because you're a famous athlete does not mean you know you you get a free pass, which is unfortunate. But uh, yeah, I think the the ending for sure just like with with uh, Leslie Odom Jr. singing that Sam Cooke song over the last you know few minutes and showing where everyone's going and like what every what happens to everyone um was was really powerful because i i looked it up during the middle of the movie of like what happened to sam cook i don't really know much about about his life i know like he's a musician and know some of his songs but what happened to him and so i i knew that happened and then i knew of course malcolm x was assassinated um and then i knew muhammad ali died not that long ago so so yeah i don't know if any of that made sense it's no it makes sense um yeah no i i'm trying to i'm trying to like kind of think through well for for this episode i think that we're you know wanting to give some exposure to our our queen regina king our queen queen. king yeah our queen king yeah um she demonstrates some very very skillful uh big screen direction Mm -hmm. in this movie and i was very impressed with how she captured the intensity of the conversations that they have in the hotel room um, and then also the the vulnerability that each of them the the different kind of vulnerability that each of them uh, display and mm-hmm. I think that the the four leading men r- really perfectly capture each of these iconic men um, Eli Gorey as Cassius Clay man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was trying to look up how how young he is, but like he he captured a twenty two year old so well. Yeah, yeah he had the charisma of yep. of Ollie, um, and of course he he really played to the internal conflict that 
that Cassius Clay had um, when he's trying to, and when he's uh, converting to to Muslim, um, all that, the, all the conversations he had with Malcolm X uh, in the hotel room on that topic were were really enlightening and and powerful stuff. He's twenty six. He's twenty six. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's like, yeah, he was born in around 94. our age. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think he does. Like you guys said, he does capture the the cockiness of a a 22 year old who is quite is like actually on top of the world um i mean can you imagine being a world champion in anything period (laughs) but then being 22 and being the world champion i i personally cannot no but i would be so far (laughs) i think i'd be pretty cocky too um and even like even the way that he enunciates different things mm -hmm. uh his he kind of had like like a pretty he he had this great mix of like of uh yeah he had like a southern kind of twang that i didn't expect i was like did muhammad ali talk like that i was like i guess he did but it was very distinct and Mm -hmm. uh, it was always fun seeing him on screen but uh I loved when he came in after the fight, like right when they get to the hotel room and he just looks in the mirror and he goes, damn. And they all come over to the mirror and he's like, why am I so pretty? <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. That was a really funny moment. Um, man, that was really good. What and they're all like, ah. They're like, ah, bro. Yeah. Anyway, Eric, sorry. Oh, no. Um, one of my favorite moments was when one of uh, Malcolm X's uh, – brothers comes in and interacts with with uh each of the three three idols yeah um, yeah, yeah and then um, gets their autographs and then at the end it's jamal. ali jamal yes brother jamal and uh and at the end it's cassius clay kind of asking him what it's like when he when he became a muslim and um that conversation was was really entertaining um mm-hmm. And, and it's just a great script uh, it just felt also natural and natural and enlightening that's enlightening was is what is the word i would use to describe a lot of the conversations going on in this mm-hmm. i think yeah yeah what are you gonna say olivia i was gonna say it was interesting the juxtaposition of jamal brother jamal and uh brother, brother kareem, kareem. Shout out to uh, Lance Reddick and yeah. uh, iconic of the, Lance of the yeah. there's another actor who played a uh, D'Angelo, both of them from The Wire, so two two uh-huh. actors from The Wire in this movie, which I, oh. I thought was awesome. Uh, well, and it had a what's his place? What's his face that plays Chrissy in uh, The Sopranos? Yep, he yep, was one of the right. the trainers for for Cassius Clay, and I was whenever I saw him, I was like, "That's, that's Chrissy yep, from The yep. Sopranos." What? But I thought um, he looked familiar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just the just juxtaposition of. Kareem, brother Kareem and brother Jamal was re- was really I think funny and I think that you kind of see that sometimes in in real life too and so I'm sure that there was some like very like I don't know if Kareem is actually a, a real person or not but I'm sure that there was someone who was very like hard nosed straight laced and everything like that and then there's some some guy like uh, Jamal who's just like <laughs> upbeat and bubbly and like the world was was just his oyster and loved everything um but yeah those that was a good scene when he comes in he's like uh can i just can i just interrupt you guys for a second you guys need anything <laughs> it was really sweet yeah yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah he's awesome. like he, he does he does talk to a crowd real good or something like that <laughs> uh, and and brother 
is was Lance Reddick brother Kareem? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and brother Kareem just looks at him like, what? He's like read. Is it? Isn't he like reading scripture at one point? Like just. Yeah, no, he's I, I, yeah. Uh, the younger guy goes, man, he can sing. He can. He really can sing. And brother, <laughs> like, if you're into that kind of thing, like, like, yeah, well, yeah, I'm here, for, I'm here to live my life of holiness. Um, yeah very i i think this was a starting point for me so last year on uh martin luther king jr day i watched 13th which is a documentary by ava duvernay um that's kind of focused on some of the like the war on drugs and mass incarceration that happened under um the clinton administration leading up to now it was really sobering um and i might try to watch spike lee's epic (laughs) saga malcolm x isn't it like three hours i started it i actually started it after we recorded the the nolan episode because we were talking about that Uh and i i'm through the first hour right now but it's like three hours and 40 minutes long yeah it's uh it's if it's signature spike lee though it has the energy and it's got denzel um, carrying the movie so it the first hour breeze by and I'm probably gonna end up finishing it today. How would you how would you compare Denzel and Kingsley Benadir's performances? So far, um I'm only through the first hour and it's a it's Denzel playing a very young and wild uh Malcolm X. So I can't get that comparison yet, but uh but so far I'm really enjoying Denzel's performance. I can see why it's it's one of his most legendary and acclaimed performances as uh, Malcolm X. This understated, sober, earnest, uh, and, you know, talking like he's running out of time, which he, which he was, oh, yeah. type of yeah. Malcolm X that you see in One Night in Miami was really powerful. And I think my favorite scene in the movie was when he had just <laughs> that, his withering insult to sam cook over blowing in the wind i was i like covered my mouth i was like this is absolutely electric how you know two actors going at each other but then sam cook or uh leslie odom jr his reaction to like why haven't you made anything why haven't you made this why haven't you been as big as bob dylan or even like as you know, prophetic is Bob Dylan. Like mm-hmm. you have the ability to, and I was like, Ooh. and then Leslie Adam Jr. You just see his face tighten and there's just this, like you could cut the tension with the knife and then they storm out. I was like, Oh man. But then after that, that's my, so that scene leading into um, Aldous Hodge and Kingsley Benadir, uh, Jim Brown and Malcolm X talking. That was my favorite scene because you get to see jim brown saying we're not like you are you're propagating this narrative that we have to we have to be saying these words rather than living our lives basically like i'm paraphrasing but basically that we can't live in freedom we have to like be constantly like working toward liberation for our people and it's just this really excellent like no, this is how I think. No, this is how I think. But when Aldous Hodge or uh, um, 
Jim Brown says, we're, we're not weapons because mm-hmm. Malcolm X says you, you have a platform. Uh, Sam has a platform. Uh, brother Muhammad or brother Cassius has a platform. You are our greatest weapons. And he goes, we are not weapons. Mm-hmm. And, and it was this, but, but then, and that's when Malcolm X starts crying and he's like, hey, it's okay. And you realize like, he wants he wants justice so badly. Mm-hmm. He want and and but then but then also the yeah the the difficulty of trying to express that to a, like younger younger men a younger generation um, because Kingsley Benadir looks like a young pretty young guy but as his performance goes on and on you realize that he is playing like this, an older downtrodden, discouraged mm-hmm. Malcolm X, which was very surprising. Cause I expected him to come in and be like yelling and you don't get that until like halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That scene was really, I, I think just a powerful moment um, because I think that there's room for both. There's room for, the movement there's room for advocating for justice i think that often and i think i saw this some this this past summer of like if that's i I think that there's a that we always need to be talking about that and that needs to be something that we definitely are concerned with and and fight for i think it that it's easy to get discouraged and kind of lose track of um just life in general i mean if if we're always caught up in the fight but then also i see that i see where malcolm x is coming from of like we can't lose sight of the fight and we can't lose sight of of what's happening to to people who don't have a platform or don't have access to a platform and so you know where where do we go with that and i think that's kind of that was a question i was i was kind of pondering during that scene of like okay but what is what is the right thing? And I I think the answer to that is there's no there's no right way to go about that. Um, so there's no yeah there's no right way for like myriads of people to live their lives. And he, and uh, Jim Brown even says like, why are you light skinned brothers like always the ones who are causing the most, um, like stirring the pot the most basically. Mm-hmm. And and he points out this like really subtle difference that like may not make or that we don't or i personally as a white man don't think about um that just the experience of and regina king said this in in her interview with the times the like the experience of every black man and woman is just so different there are unifying elements but there are like the four of those these guys like all had different responses to what or the three the three guys all had different responses to what Malcolm X was saying they're all like mm-hmm. eh, and and they're pointing out well like well you're the only one who's like singing to all white people like what are you doing there instead of helping you know the cause mm-hmm. and the struggle that's what that's what Malcolm X calls it yeah um and and I think that I mean like I think about Regina King's performance in Watchmen and how like that was, it was also very much about 
uh, racial issues and, and, and wanting to have justice and, and things just because you're working with, with a certain group of people doesn't mean that they accept you or care for you. Um, and I feel like that was kind of what, excuse me, what Malcolm X was getting at with uh, Sam Cooke of like, you're just singing to a bunch of white people. They don't care about, about you. Um, but, you know, what, what do you do with your platform? I think is, is a message for, from, for me, at least from the movie of like, what do you do with your platform? Can you use it to help others, to influence others for, for good, for justice? Um, or gain economic freedom. That was what what Jim Brown was saying. Yeah. Which is, it can be very freeing. I mean, I know I'm stressed about money all the time and I feel trapped in that. So, um, yeah, we, we, I want to just say, yeah. I mean like the, the time of us recording this MLK, uh, junior weekend, uh, we have a day off from work because of the, the quote unquote struggle or the real, the real struggle that Dr. King, um, fought for um and 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 suffered for and died for and that malcolm x died for um at the hands of hateful people and our country is going through that right now and Mm -hmm. i don't want to like miss an opportunity to draw that connection uh between this really really great movie and the (laughs) attacks at the capitol that happened a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. um they're directly connected um and it's a sobering thing to think about um and it's it's really important i think this is a very very timely movie for people to see i can't recommend it enough what about you guys yeah i think it's it's a must watch i think um it's definitely one of the better movies that i've seen uh probably ever on this topic of 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 uh of racial injustice and and the movement and everything um i think it'll, it'll go down i think especially with it being her her first uh, big screen directorial debut it's, it's really impressive and it's going to be interesting to see what she does next mm-hmm. yeah uh, i i agree with what you both said um i enjoyed the movie i thought it was really good um i think it is timely um and i i hope by us talking about it people if they weren't interested in watching it, I hope they watch it. Cause I do think that it, it has um, a really like really powerful performances. It's a really strong director debut. Uh, but also it's just, it, I think that it's timely. It helped. It made me think about things that I maybe hadn't thought about or wasn't ready to think about. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, how do Very you rewatch? very watchable yes yeah like so entertaining i was i was kind of you know this this movie's two hours long also for our listeners this is it we should have said this at the top this is available on amazon prime you can go watch it if you have a prime account um it is two hours long but it feels like an hour and a half it, yeah i was gonna say it didn't feel it like goes by really it goes yeah. by very fast the, that's how good the performances are and the yeah. pacing and like scenes end when they should and i like again testament to regina king mm-hmm. as a director and filmmaker 
I'm so pumped to see what she does. Yeah, next. I, me too. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, I thought the performances were great, which I think the performances and the pacing of the movie made it feel like it wasn't two hours. So, yep. Yeah. So go watch it this weekend um, on your day off. If um, so, yeah, that's yeah. that's us. We have landed in Wilcox Field. We're getting off, headed to the Hampton House to see where that historic night happened. Just kidding. We're Olivia's about to go work, <laughs> and I'm about, about to go to work. Go make another cup of coffee. Um, real quick, a lot of the the actors that are in the movie, I saw that on Twitter. They were posting all like the real pictures and of of the of the night and it's it's crazy to see all these mm-hmm. historical and iconic figures together it's that's uh, awesome yeah, yeah. they're 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 pushing they're promoting this a lot on twitter and it's really cool to see the yeah that the actors yeah. and regina king and everybody has with the fans um mm-hmm. it seems like they're really passionate about this project and i'm, I'm glad it all came together really well yeah. me too i'm glad we finally got to see it because i think it was supposed to come out last year mm-hmm Yep. Um, so I'm glad that we we were finally able to see it. I'm glad that it was uh, available for for you know people in flyover country who not who are not attending film fests that uh, were Sundance able to see it. Sundance in two weeks. I can't wait. Are yeah, you going? We gotta. Well, Eric I am and going. I oh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm poor, so you guys can tell me all about it. Eric, uh, I know Olivia. You have to go here in a second, but mm-hmm. tell. To say on mic what movies you're going to see and then i'll say what movies i'm gonna see so i'm going to see uh try harder which is a documentary about a uh community or a high school in san francisco very competitive high school uh pretty much all asian high school and uh and the competitiveness that they have there so that will be a a, a fun one to watch and Ooh. another one called i was once a man i believe is what it was called it has constance Wu in it it's a. It's about a uh, old man and uh, his past coming back to haunt him and how that affects him. So that will be that will be an interesting watch. Um, that will support the Asian American filmmakers and nice. everything I've read so far about the documentary and the film. Everyone's liking liking it so far. Um, oh yeah, when it's screened. Um, I also bought tickets. I'm going to see Censor, which is a horror film that is getting a lot of you know, hype and recognition. And um, I, I love a good horror movie. I think Mandy was one of these movies that came out of Sundance a couple of years. I'm pretty sure it went to Sundance, um, but it, when it debuted, people were like this movie, this is unlike anything we've ever seen. So I'm pretty excited to check out Censor. Um, the other movie is that I bought a ticket to is R hashtag J, which is a, retelling of romeo and juliet um in a modern modern take which will which will be interesting and i did that partially because the show times uh for this weekend or for that weekend were pretty wild and i had i had to navigate a couple things um so is that is that are there any notable names in that one or is it i don't uh, think so i think both of those i was like i didn't recognize anyone um in either of those movies but i'm excited as a you know rom-com um to check that out but thank you for logging on we are uh we're departing our plane and headed to the hampton house now um olivia good luck at work thank you Eric, thank you guys good luck today finishing uh malcolm x by spike lee and spike um, lee joint 
a Spike Lee Spike joint. Lee Everybody go watch One Night in Miami on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. We'll see you guys later. Um, who knows what we're going to do next, but whether it's Jeff Valentine's Nichols, Day episode. Valentine's Day or Jeff uh, Nichols, yeah. who knows. So. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see about it. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye.